Welcome to Mountain View Church Audio, coming to you from the Wilderness City, Whitehorse, Yukon. We strive to introduce people to Jesus through scripture, biblical instruction, and prayer with authenticity and vibrancy. You don't need to know anything about the Bible. Just sit back, relax, and let God do the rest. Welcome, everyone. It's so awesome that we can gather to worship our living Heavenly Father, whether online or in person. Some of you may remember who I am. Uh, I'm Brent Risto, for those who may not know me. My wife, Jody and I, and our three little kiddos, we work with Ethnos Canada, part of the Indigenous Ministries branch. And we are actually one of your uh, sponsored missionary couples. Since being in the Yukon for the past two years, um, you have prayed and supported our work in pioneering and establishing our ministry, which has led us to actually be house hunting now in Carcross, where God, through Wade and Josephine Holmes, has opened a door for us to co-pastor with Wade and establish ourselves in that community. So that is an ongoing process, and thank you for being an encouragement uh, to us along the way, supporting us in fulfilling the Great Commission to see thriving churches for all peoples. This ministry is both ours as much as it is as yours. Thank you. Well, we have Thanksgiving to celebrate this weekend, and where are you at with that? Are you ready? And if you could say, yes, you're ready, what would you mean by that? In Canada, our holidays are now dripping with commercialism, to such an extent that it seems like Thanksgiving takes a bit of a back seat with the highly commercialized larger holidays. There's the ever so critical sales of candies and costumes for Halloween, which is then for some simply a loosening of the purse strings for the really big spending of Christmas. And don't forget the cherry on top, New Year's Eve celebrations to wrap it all up. So beyond the history of the capital T Thanksgiving, what is the lowercase t Thanksgiving? What does it mean to give thanks? When I look at that photograph that we have for this weekend, which says in it, give thanks to God our Father, Yes, we are blessed. We can see that as we feast our eyes upon this banquet table. Um, we see a simple table that's spread with all sorts of delightful delicacies and a tantalizing turkey meat. Hopefully it's not dry. We have much to give thanks for. And this weekend draws our minds to be more cognizant of our blessings and free-flowing with our thankfulness like gravy over our mashed potatoes. I want to ask you, what does God expect of us and want from us as it pertains to that little tea thanksgiving? In short, I do believe one thing is to, obe is to obediently give thanks as God tells us to do so in many verses from the Old to the New Testament. I'm just going to rattle off several here without the references, but come to me if you would like them. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Devote yourselves in prayer, being watchful and thankful. I thank my God for you because of His grace given you in Christ Jesus. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected, which, if it is received with thanksgiving, because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 
Do not be anxious about any, any everything, anything, sorry, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And we have many more giving thanks to God, offering God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. It is clear that God commands us to give thanks, to be thankful, to offer thanksgiving. That means if it's in the word of God, then those who love Jesus will do it out of love and out of obedience. It is good to give thanks. It is obedient to God to be thankful. But, oh those buts, <laughs> have you ever felt like saying that thanks seemed simply not enough? Or perhaps as far as grossly inadequate at times? Someone has done something significant for you and you want not only to say thanks, but you want to shout it. You want to jump up and down as you say it. You want to squeeze them perhaps uncomfortably too strong because sometimes saying thanks just doesn't seem like enough. I hear you. And like you, I at times feel like a measly thanks is just that at times. Measly. That's why I want to be your tour guide today as we flip through five verses of the 103rd Psalm where God inspired David to scribe so beautifully, so majestically, a cadence of thanksgiving that we perhaps often feel limited in vocabulary and poetic prowess to express to the living God who has done all things for us, our hearts of thankfulness to Him. So let's read Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5, and be fed as I pray the Holy Spirit will open God's word to impute change for our benefit and to God's glory as we count the benefits of a life lived in Christ. Verse 1, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Even though all scripture is for us, we hear the psalmist here, David, he's addressing his soul, telling himself to bless the Lord, O my soul. And then again he says, all that is within me, bless his holy name. And by soul, it is not meaning only the non-material part of our being, but rather the entire person. His spirit, soul, and body are here summoned to bless the holy name of God. And it's important to note, before we get much farther, to interpret this passage correctly, to, to know that David is indeed speaking or instructing to his own soul. Okay, look again at verses 1 and 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Think of the life of David, if you know it. The Lord chose David to be king, established an everlasting covenant with David and his line. He had the opportunity to play a harp for a king, King Saul. When, and then when he was just a young shepherd boy, he was selected 
to go up against a huge Philistine man named Goliath, where he could have easily lost his life, but he didn't. How he avoided death as he was pursued by jealous Saul. He became king of Judah and then king of Israel. David captured Jerusalem. Uh, he brought the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. He had an adulterous affair with Bathsheba and murdered her husband, Uriah. And he had been given at least 20 sons and at least a daughter. And this is just the highlight reel. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And here in verse 2, he's reminding himself and us to not forget all of his, God's, benefits. And he lists five of them. You know, David had a lot of opportunity to complain about his burdens, but he's not talking about those here. Instead, he's realizing how good God has been to him and is, is, is singing out pure praise in the 103rd Psalm. A prayer of praise. A song. After all, psalms were once sung, and you too can sing this to turn around a sour heart. David would have sung this song with gladness, overjoyed with exaltation to the Lord, not some monotonous, dead, depressing tune. Just think of a few other psalms that indicate just as much. Psalm 34 uh, to 12, concerning David when he pretended to be insane in the presence of Abimelech who drove him out and, and departed. He says, I will praise the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Proclaim with me the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. Psalm 66 verses 1 to 4, shout joyfully to God all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awe-inspiring are your works. Your enemies will cringe before you because of your great strength. All the earth will worship you and sing praise to you. They will sing praise to your name. Psalm 81, Psalm 92, and many, many others are songs of praise to the Lord. Already what David has shared made in part itself to our hearts. He did not praise God sometimes, during ceremonies only, like a Sunday service, but regularly. I wonder if our Thanksgiving holiday should rather be renamed the Forget-Not Holiday. David here is overflowing, he's awestruck, counting his blessings that God has given him. And he's saying, he's saying to forget not all of his benefits. Five grand benefits mentioned here. So too, we are here reminded to think as we are all too quick and we all too often forget what we have. Someone once told me, what if tomorrow you woke up with only the things for which you gave thanks for the day before? What would you wake up to? You know, I know we're terrible at this because I am that way too. I struggle to give thanks. And I'm not here to make you feel guilty or to coerce you into praising God. But rather, as your tour guide through the scriptures, through the living word, it's my hope that I can take us through these passages with the power of the Holy Spirit to remind us of what we have been given and are given and to thank God for it regularly. Let us be reminded to thank him for what you can. Soundness of body, soundness of mind, sight, touch, hearing, speech, appetite, mobility, freedoms, and a host of other mercies. And if you are like me, I as well take much of this for granted. Look with me in verse 3. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. 
So the listing of all of God's benefits to the believer commence in verse 3. What is the one thing that um, we can thank God for above all else? The first benefit mentioned in this psalm is forgiveness. For forgiving our iniquities, or sins is another way to put it, our offenses against our Heavenly Father who is perfect. In Romans 3.23, God tells us, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented as a Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. So, we all have the same starting point. And contrary to popular belief, there are only two groups of people ever. Unbelievers and believers. Unredeemed or redeemed. Blood-bought ones or not. If you are hearing this message today and you cannot say for certain that you have received by faith this free gift of grace, and in other words, you're not God's child, then simply call out to Him and accept His gift of forgiveness for your sins. And be sure to touch base with an elder of your church or another Christian or myself to let them know of your decision to follow and obey Jesus Christ. They will be a great support to you and your newfound faith. It is amazing grace to be reminded that God has done the work, removing your penalty of sin, the power of sin, and one day, once in glory, the presence of sin for all who are His. That is amazing to be received by faith alone in Christ alone. The second part of verse 3 um, is, is, the, is the healing of our diseases. That's the second benefit. This is a multifaceted truth to unpack and I hope I can do it justice here today. There is much false teaching that has been leveraged with this verse. So let's carefully lay out what it is saying. We know because of our fallen world and our fallen state, disease is a real thing. I'm guessing that some of you are experiencing disease, disease in your body currently. Therefore, by experience, you know that there must be more to this verse than what first meets the eye. Christians get diseases. This is plainly true, and we know this through experience. And remembering that David was commending his soul to praise the Lord, we actually get to shift gears out of that thought, and, and I think we're actually looking at the disease of the soul here, sin. We do know that Beyond the disease of sin, closely tied to the spiritual is the physical. And so, yes, we can talk about the physical ailments and diseases. But again, I don't think that is the focus of the passage here. So as a sidebar, just be reminded that we can offer thanksgiving to God for any sickness, disease, or injury that you have recovered from because God is Jehovah Rophi, the God who heals. This is one of his names that belongs to him. So the ultimate healing of disease, having our sins forgiven, our spirits are made alive because of Christ's righteousness overlaid upon you. But our bodies are indeed still part of the fallen world and we are decaying. It is not until the resurrection of our bodies that we will experience what we've experienced already in our spirits, total healing. And then in heaven, we will know firsthand complete healing. So for the here and now, know that there is no incurable disease for our Lord. It is entirely up to Him whether He heals you now in this life or later in heaven. Take heart as it says in 2 Corinthians 4.16, Therefore we do not lose heart. Though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. 
And if you are sitting here or standing here and you're healthy today, thank the Lord that just like keeping the Israelites disease-free when he brought the plagues on the Egyptian, he has also given you a clean bill of health as well. I thank God that I have a body which is a reminder of what God came to save me and all of us from. A body that decays, that is corrupted, that has aches and pains uh, of, a, of eternal separation, which is where our sin left unforgiven will take us. Look at verse 4 with me, the third benefit. Who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. The third benefit is he redeems our lives from the pit. He preserves us. Because he forgives our sins, because he gives us relationship, because he heals our soul's disease, then we see that life is meaningful. This is unreal. Apart from God, life is meaningless. He is the one who is self-sufficient, all-loving, holy, just, merciful, gracious, compassionate. He knows the hairs of your head, has more thoughts of you than the sands of the seashore the world over. This God, God Almighty, redeems and preserves your life from destruction and meaningless, meaninglessness. You know, it was a life of meaninglessness that Jesus used to draw me to him. When I was nearly 19 years of age in my second year of university, I couldn't stand the thought of living a life of insignificance, of monotony, of no real purpose, and, and, I, and even just the thought of running the risk of falling prey to the rat race of life just scared me. I thank him greatly that he redeemed me from that and from ultimate destruction. And again, if you don't know Jesus as your personal savior, as one who has redeemed you and has preserved you, don't wait any longer. Don't spend your youth or your days to gain riches, only to spend your riches to buy back your youth because now you see death staring you all too fearfully in the face. Rather, wake up now and put your hope in what will not fail, Jesus Christ, the only one who was meant to offer you true living and true meaning of life, eternal life. The fourth benefit is that, it says in the latter part of the verse here, is that he crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. It is a wonderful crown, a royal crown in fact, for those who were once the loveless and guilty. We are now loved with an everlasting love, showered day by day by his mercy. What more can I add to this? What a beautiful truth for the saints. Now take a look at verse 5. Who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. All the days of our life in Christ, we have God's resources and supplies which are limitless to satisfy our mouths and everything within us as long as we live. This, of course, doesn't mean that hard times won't come, but we must look to God with an eternal perspective to see him working out all things for our good. And in that, the Lord satisfies the longing heart as he did mine as an 18-year-old. My longing heart found total satisfaction in him when he saved a wretched soul such as mine. In conclusion, which the latter part of verse 5 is just that, it's a concluding outcome. 
Um, we see the five benefits of a life in Christ, which is forgiveness, healing, redemption or preservation, uh, the crowning, coronation, and satisfaction. So the conclusion to those five benefits is that your youth, your life, is renewed like the eagles. Apparently, as I studied for this sermon, I learned that eagles are known to actually have a long life. Um, and of course, we know they are incredibly strong. But two, it, we know that eagles must grow old and weak. But perhaps like an eagle that soars effortlessly higher and higher with each wind current, we too, as it says in Isaiah 40 verse 31, us who wait on the Lord will renew our strength. We will mount up with wings like eagles. We will run and not be weary. We will walk and not faint. As I first mentioned earlier on, if you still feel that giving thanks is grossly adequate, inadequate at times, can you see that giving thanks is not inadequate, but having it just perhaps one day a year to focus on it, to focus on it is. So let's go forward daily with thanksgiving in our hearts, our words, our actions, as we live a life of dependence on Almighty God for all of His benefits of forgiveness, healing, redemption and preservation, coronation and satisfaction. We have much to be thankful for and He has done the heavy lifting for us. I hope the way that David has encapsulated his heart of praise in the first five verses of Psalm 103 will encourage you to praise the Lord for all He has done in your life. Amen. Thanks for listening to Mountain View Church Audio. If you have given your life to Jesus today or would like to join, serve, or support Mountain View Church, please let us know. Email connect at mountainviewwhitehorse.ca. That's connect at mountainviewwhitehorse.ca. Lastly, feel free to connect with us through social. Just search at Mountain View Whitehorse. Have a blessed week.